Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, I'm Miriam and welcome to Apparently Speaking. According to the Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, over the past decade, social media influencers have taken the world by storm, influencing the products our children are interested in, how they behave, what they want to be when they grow up, and more. These influencers are exposing children to subtle and overt advertisements and new social trends, and the influencers' feigned authority makes their impact even more powerful. Joining me today to talk about the influencer impact are Drs. Pamela Rutledge and Pamela Hurst Delapitra. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Check colorful, satisfying meals off your list for the week and use your newfound free time for whatever you want. Think of Keep the Change Kitchen Collective as a virtual food hall. Find better options for each member of your family or each version of yourself all under one roof. What will you do with your reclaimed time? They hope you don't say laundry, but totally understand if you do. Visit ktckitchen.com and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's ktckitchen.com, code N-O-D-I-S-H-E-S. Dr. Pamela Rutledge is a psychologist with a passion for helping people build a healthy relationship with media. She's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center, co-host of the monthly CyberWise Chats on Parenting in the Digital Age, and faculty of media psychology at Fielding Graduate University. She consults on a variety of media projects and is an expert source on popular culture for media outlets such as BBC World, ABC News, and Today. Dr. Pamela Hurst Della Pietra is the president of Children and Screens, Institute of Digital Media and Child Development, an international interdisciplinary nonprofit organization that she founded in 2013 to support and advance objective, high quality scientific research, identify and nurture talent, educate and inform the public, and provide policymakers with actionable information. In addition to being the founder and president of Children and Screens, she's currently a clinical assistant professor of pediatric public health, Department of Family, Population, and Preventative Medicine at Stony Brook University School of Medicine. Welcome, both of you, and thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yes, it's my pleasure. I, I We were talking before we started recording just a little bit, and we're saying, you know, this this whole topic of influencers, you know, social media influencers is just seems, you know, like a strange topic, but it's so popular the, the, with children today. And if you're a parent, you've no doubt heard your kids talking about different influencers and being influenced by them. And I think, you know, a lot of parents um, aren't really sure to, how to wrap their, their, their brains around that, that. So I appreciate you guys, you know, being the experts in this this topic and coming on to talk about it. So what do we do if if your child, you know, they want to become an influencer, first of all, from that end, not even so much they're, they're we'll get to how they're being influenced, but, you know, what if your child is like, that's what I'm going to do. I want to be an influencer now as a child. Well, let, let me just start by, for people who don't know what an influencer is, an influencer is somebody who's become social media famous. In other words, they were not promoted by a specific 
uh, project, like a media project or a movie or, or any kind of thing like that, they become popular from a grassroots effort of people just liking them, following them, and creating a community around them. So it's a very interesting phenomenon that we're seeing celebrity rise from the ground up in a way we never have before. The fact that kids want to become influencers is so common. I mean, who would not want to be loved, heard, and valued, right? So if your kid wants to do that, they tell you that's their new job, you know, career goal, that's kind of normal, right? So just talk with them about what it means the kind of content they think they want to make and give them a little bit of a touch with reality. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, uh, we also have to kind of understand what the parent, uh, influence is. Right. Um, and, um, so are the parents sort of egging on the child to do this? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, sometimes it's actually the parents who manage the kidfluencer profiles oftentimes. Right. And, um, and so, you know, are, are parents the driving force behind it? Um, and uh, so you really want to try to figure out, uh, you know, whether or not they're enthusiastic or uh, really behind it or not. So it really starts with you as the parent. Right. Good point. So is it your child who's really wants to do it? Hey, I really want to do this. I want to put these, you know, I want to do these posts. I want to do this. Or is it, is it you as the parent? Like, Hey, you know, you're so cute. You're so great. You could be, you know, (laughs) everybody would want to see your, your posts and, and you can be uh, the next, you know, star, the next influencer and, you know, be famous. And you're right. And some of the accounts I've seen, and I'm not, saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying the the child is too young to even know what that would they would even be talking about. So right, it's the parent running that account and doing the posts and the kid probably doesn't even know um maybe that they're what it is because they're too young. Yeah, and it's really up to the parent to to find out and set some boundaries because social media is incredibly powerful, it has a tremendous upside, it also has a tremendous downside. Yes. Right. So it's it's one thing if your kid's getting likes. It's another thing if they're getting haters and trolls, Mm -hmm. because it's very hard, especially for kids to not take those kinds of things personally and internalize them. And the other thing that both parents and kids should realize is that most influencers do not make enough money to have that be their day job. You know, it's the ones who do, it is a full-time job. It is a lot of work and there's a continual pressure to create content that gets people's attention. If you don't have followers, if you can't keep people's attention, you're no longer an influencer. So there's a lot on the stake on that's at stake in keeping attention. Yeah. Um, I think that if I were, you know, if my child came up to me and, you know, they, they said they really want to be you know, uh, an influencer, you know, I, I might try to steer them toward, uh, really toward another uh, professional, though, you know, we, we are aware of a large survey that asks kids the, the question, you know, when you grow up, what would you rather be an astronaut or a social media influencer? And by and large, the, you know, the kids prefer to be the influencer. So I understand that, right? <laughs> uh, that, that, that is a top uh, job choice today. 
but at the same right, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, the, you know, few do actually earn money uh, through social media, and there's just a lot of downsides. Yeah, like you both said, maybe instead of you know, oh, there's no way you could do that. Maybe if you feel they're doing it safely, like you mentioned, you know, you, you would really have to monitor that and monitor those comments and what's going on there. Um, and because, you know, nobody, even adults, you know, if you're, you're hearing, you're seeing all these negative comments on your, on a post, for example, we, we as adults can like, go, okay, this doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. I don't know that person, but it's still, it still can affect you as an adult. So as a child, it can be very, you know, damaging if, if, so you really have to, consider that and, and manage that. And like you said, maybe they could, maybe you could encourage them to do it as like a hobby and, you know, Hey, if it goes somewhere great, but let's not put all of our, you know, eggs in the influencer basket, so to speak, because, uh, like you said, very few make, you know, that, you know, they're thinking they're going to make all this money and they're going to be these influencers. And like you said, um, it's very demanding and you have to keep up with it. And it's kind of like, the next best person just comes along every day, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's not all bad. I mean, you could encourage them to, you know, create content that teaches someone something or really shows their imagination or creativity. So, I mean, I think there are ways to do it uh, where they could share their unique knowledge or, you know, or help someone. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. My youngest daughter, she's 11 now. She wanted to do that, not as like a job, you know, she just, she's super outgoing. She loves doing it. She loves making people laugh. She, so she wanted to do this page, you know, like Instagram and we haven't done anything on it in a long time. Um, but she keeps saying to me, we need to do another post. We need to do this. We need to do that (laughs) just because she likes it. It's for fun, but she's not, um, you know, I don't think she thinks, I don't even think she realizes like you could do that for money or anything. You know what I mean? She just, just like kind of something she likes to do for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And P- Pam makes a, a great point about emphasizing the content because it, as we all know, the first thing that happens when you tell a kid they can't do something is that it becomes the most desirable thing on the face of the earth. Yes. <laughs> so if you focus on content that is intrinsically motivated, in other words, that's something that they can do or something that they're good at or that they're sharing where they have sort of call it altruistic motivations of teaching other people, mm-hmm. it really helps with the social comparison and it really in, uh, offsets any kind of negative response. It also doesn't mean your kid is going to necessarily be famous in the way that, that some of these people are. And that's, I think, where you need to make a very heavy effort to stay grounded. If, you're, if your child starts attracting a lot of attention, gets a lot of followers, you know, starting to, you know, get some sponsorship because there's nothing, there's no difference between child fame in movies and child fame on social media. It has the same effect, the same 
matter of fact, some people have described the symptomology as similar to addiction, right? First you love it, then you hate it, and then you find out you can't live without it. And uh-huh. it's generally all that pressure is associated with mental health issues. Does that mean everyone has problems? No, of course not. But it means that, you know, I, Pam and I were talking the other day and was this joke is like, if your kid wants to be an influencer, find a good therapist. Not, be, <laughs> not because you're crazy, but because yeah. you need some objective way of staying grounded because the incentives are so screwed up when your kid is earning more money than you are, right? <laughs> and so it's very hard for parents to protect a child when that child just became the, you know, the breadwinner of the family because you're, you're conflicted, right? So the, the therapist is really key here. But I, I think Pam, not sort of fooling aside though, I mean, I really feel like Pam is making a, a, an excellent point. That's really great advice for you mm-hmm. and your child. And um, I think that parents even, you know, sort of promote uh, the influencer uh, situation, like by maybe oversharing as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when the kids are young and, you know, we always say, you know, think before you share or reflect before you reveal. But I think it's, you know, it is sort of important to uh, that, you know, this concept of sharing every little thing about your child starting, you know, from when they're little. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great that's such a great point. And, you know, it's, there's two sides of the influencer coin, right? There's the, how do influencers impact our children? And then there's, how does being an influencer impact Mm -hmm. a child? And one of the things that makes social media influencers so powerful is because they're really sharing some aspect of their authentic self. In other words, you're in their house, you're watching them do something. It's not uh, as scripted like like normal entertainment television. So the viewers feel like, or the followers feel like they really know the person. But there's a huge burden then on the child if they no longer can separate what's their on-screen person versus who they are really. How do you develop as a young person if you feel constrained by some on-screen persona? And I think that's where we've seen some of the child stars, the Lindsay Lowens of the world crash and burn because they didn't have that differentiation. Yeah, I was going to say, as you guys were both speaking, you know, yes, I, I wrote down, you know, child actors because it there is that similarity. And we all know, obviously, there have been some child actors who are perfectly fine. But, you know, we know that there are many who have had, you know, serious struggles and so you're saying, you know, this could be a similar thing, even though they're not in a movie or TV show, but they have the same, you know, they're kind of going through the same things like that pressure um, and all of that. So that, you know, to just something to really be be careful and, and watch for. And like you said, have someone objective um, in the situation as well. Right. And not your banker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it can it can be very addictive. And oh, yeah. you know, uh, my my own daughter, who uh, was a child actress, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that you know sometimes whole families uh, depend on that one child for their uh, for their uh, sort of you know well being. Yeah, that that would be a lot of pressure on a kid. Economically, uh huh. A lot of pressure um, because they think, you know, or they, or they may think maybe I don't want, maybe I liked it and maybe I don't want to do it anymore, but my family's depending on me. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so how do we know? So that's kind of talked a little bit about, you know, your child as maybe being or wanting to be an influencer. What about, um, how do we know if they're being influenced by these influencers? Well, well, I would start to say that parents need to understand that connecting with these people online is a perfectly normal reaction. In other words, the influencers are doing what theater people would call breaking the fourth wall. They're talking right into the camera. They're connecting with the audience and the human brain responds to that as if it were real. So influencers, especially ones that kids follow a lot, feel like real friends. And Mm -hmm. so as the parent, you have to acknowledge and recognize that there is this perception of a relationship and don't make fun of it because you'll drive all of the stuff you're worried about underground. The very best way to understand the amount of impact is talk early, talk often. You really need to have the tech talk along, you know, way before the sex talk uh, to establish some open lines of communication that means developing trust. And Pam, I'm sure you've got examples of this and you probably did the same with your daughter. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say in addition, that's, that's really fantastic, Pam. But I also think that, you know, speaking of examples, I mean, parents can really uh, pay attention to sort of specific behaviors of their children. So for example, is your daughter trying a new diet? Are they asking for clothes that really seem, you know, different or out of touch uh, with their usual style? You know, are they, you know, acting out and, you know, sort of following TikTok trends that involve, you know, something that might be destructive, right? And so, you know, I think it's it's also good to join some of the same social media platforms mm-hmm. as your children, um, not necessarily to, to monitor their every interaction, but also to keep up with the latest trends. And, you know, as Pam said, you can really, you know, have something to talk about with, with your kids. Yeah, maybe follow the same influencers like you follow them yourself, so you know what content they're putting out there. Uh-huh. You can understand what's influencing them. Yeah, right, and talk with them about what it means to them because what you're interpreting from something may not be what the child is getting out of it. So if you go after the whole thing with curiosity and a little bit of compassion, both for yourself for having to watch these things and the kids. Um, then you really make a lot more headway. But some apps like TikTok allow families to share connections so that you Mm. share the things that you're watching. But I want to make sure people understand too, it isn't all negative, right? Social comparison goes both up and down, right? So you can learn negative things. You can, you know, dress beyond your age. You can, you know, do destructive behaviors, but you can also learn how to cook and learn how to dance and learn how to do all kinds of other things. Plus, you know, some of it's just entertaining. Right. So it's, it's important to recognize that there's good content and inappropriate content. And that's why being involved as a parent is really important. Yeah. And then sort of really, you know, really watching your your children's behavior uh, carefully because, you know, anecdotally we're hearing, and, and this obviously may be pandemic related, uh, but 
uh, you know, more and more kids are, you know, uh, having difficulty interacting, uh, you know, face to face and with their actual friends and in groups and in sort of, I, I, you know, in real life. Right. And right. so um, you, you kind of want to understand whether or not their relationship with, you know, whatever influencer they're following is kind of uh, more comforting to them than, you know, their real life friends. And so you just want to make sure that, you know, there is a balance, (laughs) that they're not doing it too much. Yeah, it's great advice. Like this isn't their whole, you know, the influences don't become their only friends. So quote, you know, in quotes, you know, their whole social, you know, circle revolves around these people. And like you said, it doesn't mean it's bad. If if your child says, oh, I follow this influencer. Oh, I like this. It doesn't mean, oh my gosh, you know, what's this person saying? It doesn't necessarily mean it's negative. Like you said, it could be that it could be kind of neat. My son um, loves art and he he's 15. And so he has some of these artists and some of them are young and they like, he customizes shoes. And so he finds these guys that do that. And so some of the people that he likes and he follows, it's purely for, you know, seeing their art and kind of trying to, you know, see what they're doing. So there can be some neat things about it. You just have to be aware, like we said before, maybe you should look at them. And I'll ask myself, like, oh, let me see what kind of artwork this guy does. Let me see what it is. And and that also is a good way. You mentioned that you already mentioned that, you know, to to kind of talk and bond with my son. You know, we'll talk about what why he likes this particular, you know, person and what kind of art this guy does and all that. So it's a it's a good time for us to to talk as well. Yeah. My guess is you learn a lot about what your son likes and 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 doesn't like and aspires to that are independent of social media just from those conversations. Right. Right. It's funny because I mean, even young kids though, you know, they'll say, you know, oh, this, this and that about these influencers. And I'm like, how do you even, you know, and they're young, you know, how do you even know this and stuff? And even at Halloween time, you know, some costumes that I saw from kids that were to me just looked like they didn't really have a costume. Like it just looked like regular clothing. And then they would say, oh, I'm such and such. I'm at this TikTok. I'm from TikTok. I'm an influencer. I'm this and that. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> They're watching it. But but one thing I want to say about that is that it's very common for fans to appropriate content and make it their own. Mm. In other words, just because they're mimicking an influencer in terms of how they dress doesn't mean they're in, they've sort of taken on the whole persona. That's very common in fandoms. But the other thing that happens is that they, it creates a community. And that has been so important during COVID that... The kids have been able to connect, make joke with each other, and feel like they're sort of call it on the playground, only it's virtual. Uh, to feel like they have that kind of casual connection that they have been unable to have. And while I know that there are some kids that are having trouble with the transition back, we have to remember that it it hasn't been really clear what's going on. It's still an anxious environment. There's still a lot of conflict over you know vaccine, don't vaccine, you know. You know, mm-hmm. hospitalizations, no hospital, you know, I mean, so, so it's not like it was like one day where it's okay, go. They're still having to navigate that environment and figure out what feels right. So I think this is another place where guidance and compassion and balance are really critical. Yes. You guys say, talk about parasocial relationships. I think we touched on that a little bit, but can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure. A parasocial relationship is, it's a concept that came out of uh, the psych and communications literature back in the 50s. 
And it was in sort of in response to television. And it really describes the sense that you have that you know someone who's a celebrity or someone who's on the media. And it's one-sided, but you start to feel an emotional connection with that person and you start to view them as a friend. And so that kind of thing is perfectly normal. We all do it to some degree. We feel comfortable around, you know, the celebrities that we see all the time. We feel like we know them in different ways, but some people lose sort of lose track of where the line is. Social media makes that line very difficult to spot because as I said, the influencers are behave are be acting authentic. You know, they interact mm-hmm. with people, they comment on people, sometimes they'll you know, comment back and forth in the Instagram comments or on the TikTok comments. And so it really does start to feel like a real relationship that makes them hugely influential. They, they're influential like, like a friend would be, right? That's the person that we take the most uh, advice from are the people that we know. Yeah. And in fact, this makes them obviously vulnerable to, you know, to advertising, but also, you know, kind of highlights the fact that, you know, we, we as parents, um, you know, need to model good behaviors as well. And realizing that, you know, children are imitating uh, our, you know, us and our behaviors as well as those influencers. So for example, you know, um, the parents can this kind of moving it a little bit aside, but like as 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 the parent comes home from work, maybe you know not be on your not being on your phone, you know as soon as you walk in the door, or you know take take a moment away from your computer or your phone and to have a meaningful conversation, you know, with your child. I think it's uh, you know keep keeping the screens, you know, off the dinner table. And, you know, most, mostly important um, to, you know, model, model, you know, a healthy cynicism, you know, when it comes to the people you follow on social media. And um, so that, you know, you can develop this kind of discernment and critical thinking on the part of your kids. Yeah, that critical thinking exercise is super important because if you you take your child to start thinking about these things, who's, you know, is this sponsored? If it's sponsored, what does that mean, right? What are they doing to attract your attention? Talk about the, just the, the, the production values that make it alluring. What's the underlying message? Who benefits from this? So that they start to look at these things with a critical eye. If you can get that habit early so that they're viewing everything with that critical thinking eye, they will be much better protected all the way down the line. I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique. Shop Shell Bell and you're supporting a locally and female-owned business. Shell Bell opened in September of 2020 and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Bicky, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, Fashions and accessories for girls, sizes 6 to 14. Shell Bell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily, and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after-hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330 954 8400. 
think that I've said this before on other shows, I do feel like our kids are losing maybe that that ability to think critically a little bit. And I, I want to hope to see that, you know, that coming back. And that's something, you know, like, like I was going to ask you about, you know, the advertisements, you know, the kids are, you know, they see the influencers, you know, I, they have to get the same thing or the clothes or whatever it is. And that's not a bad thing, but just like you said, talk to them about it. It doesn't mean it's a bad product or anything like that, but you know, right. Are they getting, they're getting money. Are they getting money to talk about this product so much, you know? So just like you said, just that critical, critical thinking pieces is, is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what, what about the toy review obsession? You know, there's that and then the game. So, so like really there's a whole big thing, you know, I want to watch these toy reviews. And then there's also where, and I don't understand this, the toy review. Okay. But this, I really don't understand watching people play a video game. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, people watch to learn. They watch to learn techniques. I mean, games require a certain level of skill, right? To get through different levels, uh, to move through. And so by watching someone who's really good, they start to learn the tricks and the hacks so that they can move along. But they also feel community from all the other people interested mm -hmm. in that same game. And, you know, I, you know, to me, that's one of those things that I wouldn't worry about. Obviously, everything in balance, you know. Yeah. It goes with ice cream too, but, <laughs> Darn. but, but yeah, I know. Right. Uh, <laughs> but recognize that, that kids are probably learning things and that's where your conversation with them. Oh, that's really interesting. What, tell me about this game. You know, what do you like about this game? Does how, what makes this person especially good at this game? And it might be that he's just funny in his commentary, or it might be that he's just super good. Mm -hmm. you know, so by identifying those things, you will alleviate a lot of your own anxieties as a parent by understanding. If you do see something problematic, then you can start addressing that, but not lecturing, right? You're then it takes a little more creativity, mm. uh, but um, don't initially go all technophobic on them because the, there's, there's no indication just that media use in general is bad. It's how you use it that can't, that raises the issues. Yeah. And also if it, that's, that, those are great, great points. Um, and, um, so I absolutely reiterate everything that Dr. Uh -huh. Relig is saying. And, and, um, but I think you can also remember that, um, you know, the, their algorithms, right, that are going to continue pushing this content. Uh, and so, you know, once one unboxing video is finished, another one will, mm -hmm. will come. Or same thing with, you know, watching the video games, right? Uh, another one will be recommended if not automatically played. So, you know, I think it's important, uh, you know, as we've been saying, to really to co-view with your child and encourage, you know, kids toward, you know, really more helpful content, right? And, uh, you know, help them to learn something and to think critically behind, you know, what the advertisers are pushing. Let's be real. Meal planning is harder than it needs to be. Shopping, prep, and cleanup are always a bigger project in real life than on Pinterest. Keep the Change Kitchen Collective is here to help. They know that time is the most valuable currency for busy parents, and the choice between a pile of dishes and subpar carryout often feels like a lose-lose. Consider Keep the Change, a virtual food hall where you can find better than options for each member of your family or each version of yourself 
all under one roof. Think roasted chicken dinners with colorful sides, inventive Asian noodles and rice, and crave-worthy chicken tenders and wings. Their nutrient-dense salads and grain bowls are built to last in the fridge, so you can check lunches off your list too. Visit ktckitchen.com to explore their menu and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's ktckitchen.com, code NODISHES. How can we as parents, you know, try to raise kids with, and we talked about this balance and the discernment, the critical thinking, how, what are some things that parents can do to try to raise kids with some social media discernment? My, before you answered my daughter, my oldest daughter is a freshman in college. And I guess she started doing this last year. I don't know, but I didn't realize that I would ask her something like, oh, did you see this on Instagram or one of her friends posted this, you know, who I also follow. And she said, oh, I I'm taking a break from it. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And she said, well, every so often when it starts to kind of affect me or I start to get, you know, maybe a negative or in a bad mood over it, I delete it from my phone for like two weeks, then I'm fine and I put it back. And so she does that just on her own every so often, um, which I think is great. I'm like, well, you're smarter than I am. Um, but how do we, and that's not my doing, I don't, I don't think, but, um, you know, I, I think that was, that's really, really good. I think she's a little older. So I think that's probably harder for younger kids to do, but how do we raise kids? You know, what are some things parents can do? Well, the, the, yeah, the first thing that I would say that parents should do is you don't, we don't expect to be an, an expert in every app that the kids are using because as soon as you learn one, they'll find another one. Yes. But when they have one, sit down and take the time with them to learn what are the age restrictions? What are the privacy rules? Who owns your content if you post content here? Who can see your content? You know, so that they're starting to think about mm. all that stuff in the fine print on the that they clicked okay to. Um, mm. And then remember that, most of these sites, you have to be 13 or over. And so if parents are allowing their kids, all you have to do is be able to do, you know, sort of third grade math to be able yeah, to. exactly. <laughs> uh, so parents really do need to get in, involved. They need to empower their kids to report offensive content. Mm -hmm. Figure out anytime you're on a map, how do you report it? How do you block trolls and haters? You need to learn how to set boundaries. We're really good at walking away from obnoxious people in grocery stores. We are not very good at it on social media. Mm -mm. So you need to empower them to be able to do that. But I do want to say that your daughter's approach is super smart. What I advise people to do is to keep a diary so that they can recognize patterns and then make judgments about when things are, you know, too much or making them feel poorly mm -hmm. or, you know, triggering feelings they don't want to have that they start to recognize those power those uh, patterns so that they can shift their behavior and make a difference. But what your daughter's done is just gone right to the end of that story and said, okay, I'm giving myself a break from this because I'm recognizing that it's not doing for me what I want. The hardest part about that is helping your child figure out their goals. Mm -hmm. Because in order to make judgments about how we behave, we have to have some goal in mind of what we want to be. Yeah, you can also, um, you know, as parents, uh, you've heard probably of the family media contract. Um, and so uh, when you first get your child, um, obviously setting setting limits to it, but then, you know, 
going further than that, um, there, there are mindfulness apps. You know, you can say, okay, I'm only going to go on uh, social media for five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the, or a half an hour in the morning, whatever you want to set, right? A half an hour in the morning and a half an hour in the evening so that the child isn't continual, continuously picking up the phone. You know, we, we have found, uh, you know, in research that kids are picking up uh, the phone between, you know, 80 and 150 times a day. It's wow. really a lot. It's really a lot. So it is. I wonder know, what the parents, you know, I mean, I know, I know I'm guilty at times too, you know, but that, that you say that number and it's like, wow, how is that possible? But it definitely is. Yeah. Well, divide that by, you know, the number of, you know, tw- by 12 and you'll find out that you're probably, you know, especially if you need email from work or if you're a journalist, heaven help you. And you're trying to monitor Twitter for, for breaking trends that you do it equally as much. But I think that that awareness is what you're after. You're after the awareness of how much you're using something so that you can make judgments. Yeah. So I think bottom line, just some takeaways, you know, the, the influencers doesn't necessarily mean it's negative, but you definitely as a parent have to see what see who they are. You know, if your child is saying they're talking about this TikTok or Instagram person or whatever, you need to check it out and and so that you can see what they're seeing. If they want to be the influencer, you know, you talked we talked earlier on about that, uh talk to them about that and what that means and you monitor that, you know, closely, I would say. Um, and just, you know, like you said, it's all about balance and that critical thinking piece I think is is really important. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, for example, that you, know, you have to be aware that influencers and their managers and agents, they usually have their bottom line interests at heart and not necessarily your child's health mm-hmm. and well-being. And that's your job. So, you know, sort of being discerning about uh, all of this and trying to understand what what the influencers, you know, have been paid to, you know, advertise, whether it be food and beverages or whatever is key. Um, I definitely want to, I think we could talk about this a lot longer, but I want to thank you both for being here, talking about this influencer impact. I think um, you gave a lot of great information, a lot of great takeaways, a lot of things for parents to think about. How can we find both of you and and kind of learn more about the work that each of you are doing? Well, you can find me um, online, duh, duh, (laughs) uh, at at PamelaRutledge.com. I publish a blog and you know, talk about some of these issues in articles, uh, but also on LinkedIn. You can find me at uh, Children and Screens. That's the name of our organization, Children and Screens Institute of Digital Media and Child Development. But if you just go to childrenandscreens.com, you'll see uh, lots and lots of tips and advice. We also have, uh, I guess we're on our something like our 37th webinar since the pandemic began. And they're uh, every other Wednesday at noon. So um, uh, you can get the information on our website on how to register. All right. And I'll put that information in the show notes as well. um, So people can get that there as well. So again, thank you both um, so much for being here. I think it was a great, great episode. So I thank you both. And thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique. 
featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Check colorful, satisfying meals off your list for the week and use your newfound free time for whatever you want. Think of Keep the Change Kitchen Collective as a virtual food hall. Find better options for each member of your family or each version of yourself all under one roof. What will you do with your reclaimed time? They hope you don't say laundry, but totally understand if you do. Visit ktckitchen.com and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's ktckitchen.com, code N-O-D-I-S-H-E-S. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com, like Apparently Speaking on Facebook, and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.